Hi, everyone. Welcome back to episode three of the Data Disciples podcast. I'm Kian Ravenshut, strategic advisor at GoQuant Technologies. I'm here with the host of the podcast, Dennis Dariota, CEO. How's it going, Dennis? Hey, good. Glad to be back. It's been a few uh, few solid two weeks. Uh, a lot of we've done a lot of uh, hard work. Attended a, for our first in-person conference since, uh, well, the pandemic really. Uh, it's, it was in Miami and uh, had a lot of work sending out emails, meeting all sorts of interesting people and uh, releasing various new data sets. Uh, so it's, it's great to, to be at an in-person event. And, uh, and yeah, well, we can't wait to, to, share, to share you our experience. Kian, how did you find it? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I found it great. Honestly, um, being back in person is just like completely different world. Uh, than online, despite like all of these technological tools. I mean, we're coming to you right now, virtually producing this podcast from two different locations. But the reality is that when you're in person and next to someone, there's just such a richer human experience aspect um, to things. And uh, like you mentioned, yeah, we, we, we took a one week hiatus essentially from publishing the podcast. We try to do an episode per week because uh, we didn't, uh, I guess we'd forgotten really what it means to like travel, attend, be somewhere, the fatigue, um, you know, the follow-ups and connecting with everyone. It takes a solid chunk of time out of uh, your day. Um, so, but glad to be back on air and, uh, and uh, we're going to try and stick to our regular Friday schedule from this week forward throughout the rest of the year. Um, today, uh, I want to discuss a little bit about uh, what we learned at the conference about the alternative data world. Um, some of the ideas we've had, uh, thanks to that, what we're going to explore uh, at GoQuant. Um, and also, just generally, I thought we would talk about uh, organizing events and uh, different ideas we have, uh, different things that we think will work well, um, given the rise of Web3 and how we can sort of intertwine in-person events with uh, Web3 technologies. So Dennis, um, do you want to start off and give us a little uh, summary of uh, your thoughts of uh, Battlefin 2022? Yeah, so um, so the conference went very well. Um, we met very interesting data providers and data buyers from both sides. Um, so from the data providers, we've seen very uh, very alternative data sets. Um, so a few examples like uh, Placer AI, they track um, retail um, uh, foot traffic. Uh, JetNet, who tracks corporate flights, um, and a few different companies like one tracks uh, weather patterns. Uh, so several very interesting alternative data providers, and also um, and also very interesting companies from from the the buy side as well. Um, so many different hedge funds that are looking for complex and um, and innovative alternative data products. And we're really fortunate and glad to be well at the forefront of providing those products and solutions, but also fortunate enough to be able to attend events like these and, and get to know and meet different data providers who, who provide these these types of insights and technologies. So from an investment perspective, um, a lot of um, promising solutions uh, for for investors and their clients. But even from a relationship perspective with 
the data buyers and the data providers, uh, it was definitely very good for us to um, to connect with them and and uh, work with them closer in the future. Absolutely. I think, you know, I realized like going into the conference, I, I might have been over eager and I thought like, OK, this is a sales opportunity because it's going to be providers and buyers. But I realized how actually like the key, um, you know, takeaway from such an event is that you actually get to build collaborative relationships with other data providers who de facto are uh, competitors. But, you know, um, we. The complementary nature of just data set sales means that if you have if if you, you know, take all the pros of one of your competitors implementing your product and they take all the pros of your product and implement it, at the end of the day, there's enough customers to go around for everyone, um, as this is a pretty new space, especially as we're seeing more and more um, the focus in our industry is shifting towards data on alternative asset classes like cryptocurrencies and, and, and other blockchain associated technologies like NFT. So that was something that I was overall pleased with. Um, and in terms of like uh, any learnings from the panels and stuff, did you get a chance, Dennis, to, I know you were like jumping around from panel to panel. Is there anyone in particular that really struck a chord with you? Um, so in terms of the panel discussions, I think, um, um, well, a few companies. One is, uh, they're called Data Pulse. So they have very interesting data sets on uh, cloud usage. So for example, before Zoom tanked, I think it's like 40% now, um, they were able to, to track their, uh, their users' usage and their cloud usage. Um, and based on that, they look at uh, Google Cloud Platform GCP data. And based on that, they can see that, okay, there's a drop off in usage before the quarterly earnings are announced and then their usage growth, which was, I mean, slowing. Um, so uh, I think that was that was up there for me. Also, another company, Revelio Labs, they have a very interesting HR um, data set um, to track the, the quality of company management and hiring and firing patterns. Um, and also on the crypto side, so companies like um, like Kaiko and Datai, uh, two very interesting digital asset companies who are uh, really focused on providing new data sets. So just traditional crypto data, um, which GoFund provides as well, but also like crypto sentiment data um, and, and just different different uh, aspects of, of the Web3 space, right. like blockchain data and NFTs. So okay. I think that I think that those panels were definitely the most interesting, but most of my right. time was spent most of my time was spent actually interacting with um, the different data providers and buyers and meeting all sorts of people. Nice. Yeah, no, same here. But I mean, I, I, I have to say I did really enjoy some of the panel discussions. I personally attended most of them that were in the data um, uh, room, which uh, which which was uh, in the smaller room, but I think like in the later conferences, we're going to see it go and that's going to be the dominant room. But I liked, I listened to, uh, you mentioned Revelio, so I really enjoyed the discussion that Lisa Simon had. She's a chief economist there um, and about how they're sort of like scraping different sources, including, um, including Zoom Info, LinkedIn, 
to clean data. Yeah, Glassdoor. And it led me to the realization that, I, I mean, one of the biggest challenges in our industry is not getting the data or selling the data or or whatever. The biggest challenge really is actually having clean data to sell because a lot of the data is uh, is just garbage or, or duplicitous or whatever. And um, I'm looking forward to, you know, building a partnership. I think we had met with a couple of different visualization partners, including um, including Rose. Um, and if uh, if uh, if Cole is listening, it was great meeting you. <laughs> but uh, that's going to help us clean up our data and get customers to actually be able to import their own and use it in conjunction with what we sell, which is probably the biggest uh, the biggest, you know, selling point for some firms that have their own internal data departments. So that was good. Um, I also I I noticed um, I know you and I were together. We attended uh, on the copper yacht, which was a lot of fun. Um, did you get an idea exactly of what copper and other crypto custodians are up to this year? Right. So there are two main crypto custodians, really the only the only um, competitors in that space, and that's copper. So copper.co. They actually sponsored the Formula E um, uh, team for Jaguar. But uh, so there's copper and there's also um, fireblocks. Now, um, they're essentially crypto custodians. So like any um, traditional custodian like State Street or even Vanguard, um, they specialize in crypto holdings. So uh, especially copper, they were, I mean, the first crypto custodian out there. So they hold crypto holdings on behalf of funds. Um, so hedge funds, different institutions. Um, and then, well, they they charge fees accordingly, but they have access to a large amount of data uh, for their crypto um, offerings and uh, and also their service space for, uh, for the custodian uh, service as well. So Fireblocks has a similar approach uh, to Copper. And um, yeah, so this conference had a pretty big focus on on digital assets. Uh, like you said, there was a whole entire room dedicated to digital assets. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're with GoQuant, we're um, we're focused on providing digital asset solutions. So in the uh, crypto space, so we have like full order book data, uh, historical and live, um, and also in the NFT space as well. Um, so, I mean, there, as like, as I explained to you, we had, uh, earlier, we had, um, like for each NFT, there's over a hundred rows of data. Um, and this is something that's very, um, opportunist for us in, 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 in the NFT space. We think that it's just starting to, to boom, but also offering data on, on blockchain level data, right. I think is very important. So, so, so sorry, but to interrupt you, but what? What are the like? What can somebody learn or expect to learn from? You know, like not all hundred, obviously, but any of the rows of data that we collect for NFTs. Like, what's the what's the takeaway there that could be derived? Right. So, so with NFTs, you'll see with our NFT data, you'll see well the actual image of the NFT itself, but it goes way more expansive into that. So the characteristics of the NFT. So for example, if the NFT has like red hair with glasses and and a cigar, 
or um, or if the NFT has shoes with uh, with a blue shirt, then users can view that data and make trades and 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 buy NFTs accordingly. Because according to those categories, they can see, oh, um, NFTs with um, with a black hat image in them makes their investment increase by 400% in a year versus 200% of a red shirt, something like that. Um, and well, it just goes beyond the characteristic level, but also the transaction level data. So there's data on every transaction for every NFT. So for every transaction, there's all the blockchain level info on that as well. So, um, I mean, like which, um, um, which block it was, it was uh, published on, which the, the gas price to uh, mint that NFT uh, and, and just all the transaction info there can be. Um, and that's, there, there's a lot of data for that. And I mean, I didn't even know that going into the NFT space, but it's very, very expansive. Incredible. Oh, that's good. I mean, uh, I have to be honest, I understand the concept conceptually uh, about around NFTs and I see the application for it, you know, being uh, expanded and then applying more directly to, to, to practical use cases in the world. But um, at the same time, I, I think the underlying uh, computer logic is like beyond my comprehension right now. I probably have to sit down and study it more. So yeah, crazy stuff. But um, what's on the horizon for, I mean, I'll, I could t I could speak to what's on the horizon for me following this last event. I think I want to go to more uh, in-person events, both Web3 related and alt data related and hopefully the intersection of both of those like finance and web3 and uh you know pitch ourselves but also just like learn more about how data is impacting you know or how like weird data is correlated to uh consumer behavior or business behavior but uh what's on the horizon for you then uh in that same light uh in terms of things you want to do this year based on what you've learned or based on what you discovered at uh in Miami. Right. So I think um, speaking with data providers and buyers is definitely key to building relationships and well, growing our, our, our product offerings and our user base. So um, so attending, like you said, more events. So we want to attend Battlefin New York, uh, June 16, 15, 16. Um, uh, Battlefin London and Singapore as well. Uh, and several other conferences like uh, like EQD um, in uh -huh. Barcelona and Vegas. Um, so attending various events like these, I think, are really key to building uh, our product offerings. And in terms of the actual technical offerings themselves, we're really looking into the very like alternative asset space. So for specifically for institutions, I think they're very interested in pretty much any asset class anywhere in the world that's that's liquidly traded obviously um so for example like insider transactions in in korea for example uh, -huh. uh or political trades in indonesia um so different data sets like these that aren't traditionally viewed as uh, to, to make influential decisions. yeah 
Yeah, that's right. To gain an edge in in the in the in the, in the trades that that funds are making. So that's for the institutional side. Now for the retail side, and we also have an institutional offering for this is our data dashboard. So which is being released this week, really, and um, um, that's a product that gives retail users access to information that wouldn't otherwise be available um, because of just the sheer cost of it yeah. and the lack of accessibility. So I mean, that's at the end of the day why GoCon was founded to democratize access to financial data and give that edge that only institutions had to the, to the individual retail investor. So that's the target of, uh, of our data dashboard to provide information to the retail customer. And even if the retail customer wants a direct API fee for their data, we can do that as well. It's not, we're not only limited to the data dashboard, and any alternative data product that we find will be available to the retail, uh, the retail base as well. So it's really uh, advantageous to both retail and institutional clients that we work with um, to, to be on our platform and, and for us to provide services too. Solid. Well, I look forward. I think, you know, next episode, hopefully we can actually demo the dashboard live. Um, that would be, yeah. that would be a good idea. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's a great place to leave it off for this week. Hopefully, uh, next episode, we could talk a little bit about uh, another event that we attend. Uh, we're looking for some in the Bay Area, in the Austin and Houston, Texas area. Um, there's a couple events coming up. We're not sure if we're going to go yet. Uh, we're going to make a decision, game time decision, as they say. But uh, on that note, it was great to be back for episode three. You can follow GoQuant on uh, LinkedIn. That's where we're most active. Um, engage with us as well on Twitter. We have uh, two Twitter handles now. The second one covers all political trading activities in the United States, which may be of interest in suggesting inside uh, trades. We have and a third. We have a third. Yeah, insider trades as well. Insider trades as well. So uh, the Twitter is uh, flaming hot, as they say. Uh, with some uh, some uh, nice info for those of you who are interested. And then uh, you can also catch us on Facebook. I don't know if we're active there, but uh, regardless, um, just uh, reach out. And if you guys ever want to book some time to take a look at the data dashboard or some of our institutional data offerings, Dennis has a Calendly. We'll post the link in the description. Uh, both on Spotify and YouTube when we post the video version of this podcast. Uh, on that note, please give us your feedback. If you have any info at goquant.io, that's G-O-Q-U-A-N-T dot I-O. I'm Kian signing off. Thanks for being here, Mr. D. Thank you, everyone. Can't wait to see you in the next episode.